following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. You are home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. So what you're telling me is that even if Mother Nature had dropped all of that snow on us, you wouldn't have had a day off. Honestly, I can't. I cannot argue either way. I still get a day off. I'm still cool. Still didn't have to go to class. They regret it, but no take backsies. <laughs> no take backsies. <laughs> See, I was prepared to apologize for dragging you in here on what it essentially wound up being a day off. I mean, it was cool. I was going I was going to get here anyway cuz I feel like by this time the roads would have been fine. Everything would have been clear. There would have been a double layer of salt or sand. Had the trucks plow through and it would have been all fine and dandy, but come to find out as soon as I opened my blinds expecting to see the day after tomorrow take fruition outside <laughs> my window, all I saw was just a speck of flurries. I was like, "Dang." Well, like I said, no take backsies. Uh, as right back as I proceeded to tease Monica this morning, she had a day off for an inch of snow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hi, Troy Coverdale, Jasmine Halliburton. Travion is in the other room handling things today as we bring you the game. Yes, see, Jasmine and I had already talked about this on Monday, that she would sit in and keep me company this afternoon, or more properly, voice her opinions this afternoon. And so this already was in place before Mother Nature decided to either dump on us or not dump on us, whichever way. I think of the old ads, and again, this is showing my age. It's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. Hey, I was fine. I prefer no snow rather than snow, to be honest. But either way, I still got to chill out through through the most of the day. So I'm cool. I'm cool regardless. We talked a little this morning Uh, on the morning show about there being kind of a thin line of what wound up being the heaviest snowfall. Lincoln got dumped on 10 inches of snow. Mm. Yeah, Travion's looking at me. (laughs) Sounds horrible. (laughs) Just the the stank face that we both uh made at 10 inches of snow. So that tells you, though, how thin of a a line there really was. It kind of was Lincoln to Beatrice... And then you started to see it taper off and then state line south. And it just, yeah, we wound up with that nice little dusting. It actually felt like we got more this afternoon before the sun finally came out. But crazy as that may be. I goodness, goodness me. So, so in other words, what we're saying is don't count on K-State canceling the next time that there's snow in the forecast. Ugh. Gosh, it's just going to be like the past several years all over again. We're days that should have been canceled. It never were. The, eh. Yeah, days like Hoth in uh, Star Wars, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes, just like that, just like that. But I'm graduating this semester, so it's mainly the other kiddos that has this problem. So Uh, y'all be easy. My problems. Your problems, sorry. Yeah. You go Uh be great. You go be great through that snow. Strap up your boots, wear a hat. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you actually got to get some sleep today without class. I did, yes. It was lovely. What a concept for you. (laughs) Actual sleep. Yes. But then you have to turn around and still work yet now tonight and into tomorrow morning again. Uh, I don't do overnight tonight, thankfully, but I do have to get up tomorrow morning, which is kind of yucky, but, you know. 
After today, I'm all good. I'm all good today. There you go. See? All rested and ready to go. Rejuvenated, ready to attack a Friday and then celebrate a weekend. Bruce Springsteen this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Hey. Mm -hmm. Um, Kansas City? Yep, on Saturday. Nice. Nice, yep. Yeah, we'll we'll see how he panders to the crowd. I don't know. Springsteen, though, (laughs) not so much of a panderer when it comes to sports teams. I feel like he might, he he has to say something with the Super Bowl this week. I think he has to say something, you know? It's not, he may say something, but it may be more to congratulate Andy Reid for having gotten out of Philadelphia or something like that. (laughs) Some some New Jersey-esque joke about Philly that he digs into, Mm. quite possibly. So we find ourselves on this Thursday in the midst of what has been a rough stretch for K-State men's basketball. And I'm becoming more and more attuned to the fact that much like any discussions online about politics, athletics, and your teams – tend to have the extremes on the ends and those of us in the middle are going okay listen <laughs> like relax relax <laughs> i <tighten> am <laughs> i am utterly amazed at some of the folks that are almost jumping off ledges of buildings because of what has happened or want to essentially change coaching already i goodness and talking failure and talking some of the the language is just unreal. The negativity I'm hearing is just from people betting on K State. Okay, losing. well, <laughs> see, that is a whole nother discussion area. That that that's a completely different level of negativity. See, that one a lot of people won't won't get as mad at because everyone, if anyone's going to show any emotion about anything, it's going to be about money. Okay, but as far as just the you know your regular fans who are a little bit on the extreme side talking about firing or this, that, and the third. I was like, one, y'all suck. Okay, let's let's get out this out the way. And do you know how lucky it is to have Coach Tang? I'm, I heard of another first-year head coach at somewhere called, what is it, New Mexico State? Oh, boy. Do you, let's, let's compare, shall we? Let's compare. Over here ain't so bad, is it? People forget to get on that tangent for a moment. Greg Heyer was an assistant under... Greg Marshall at Wichita State. Hmm. Um, We know how things ended at Wichita State for Greg Marshall. Not good. Connecting these dots, huh? Yeah. Uh, Abusive players alleged. Um, Physical abuse of players alleged. Yeah, this didn't pan out very well. And that was a hire that I questioned when New Mexico State made it, but they went from being an NCAA tournament team last year to being, and in fact, it had quite the run of NCAA tournament appearances over a stretch, partly because the wax stinks and partly because they had played good basketball. But yeah, they completely trashed all of it and now have to figure out a way to rebuild. Literally from the ground up. They suspended the rest of their season. That's... Coaching staff's out. Mm. Players are transferring out. That's that's rough. Probably recruits. Las Cruces is not a uh, fun place to try to recruit to. So whatever recruits you had already, they they're gone more mm-hmm. than likely. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Yeah, Mm-mm. not not a good setup. For those who have never been to Las Cruces, by the way, wow, it's interesting to say the least to make that stop. Uh, you fly into El Paso and travel the hour fifteen ish west. See, one of the reasons why, man, I'm going to get on all these tangents here today, aren't I? I'm sorry. Uh, One of the the reasons why New Mexico State up until recently has essentially been an independent in football is, you know, the WAC doesn't have football anymore. They've been playing as an independent in football because no conference would have them. Mm. They had been in the Sun Belt along with Idaho for that brief bit, but then the Sun Belt said, no, no more, we're not taking those two trips anymore you're on your own and with the implosion of or the change with Oklahoma and Texas making their move to the SEC when that announcement took place and all of the shifting then that followed including the four editions for the Big 12 coming over from the AAC well then you saw teams shift from Conference USA into the AAC well UTEP's in Conference USA They actually finally took a stand for their rivals on I-15 and actually took a stand and said, no, we want them in the conference with us. And so next year, New Mexico State makes a move to Conference USA. Good for them. They don't have to put up with wandering in independence anymore while being in Las Cruces. That said... Man, how would you like to be Conference USA right now and getting ready to bring them into your conference? Yeah. So anyway, this all began, again, discussing the, the negativity and the positivity on the extremes. One of the things that has stood out to me about, and it's funny to say it and call it K-State Twitter or K-State social media in general, because I know it's the same way on, on Facebook, But on the extremes, you have certain arguments that take place. On the exceptionally negative end, you have the I'm still angry Sunday slash Monday morning over everything and you will not budge me off of this. And if you try to analyze anything that gives it any positive spin, you're blowing smoke up someone's backside. And you're overly positive and you're not looking at reality, etc. When, in all rights, the negative aren't looking at reality. Then you have those who are blowing smoke up someone's backside. All the way over here on this other end. Where if you try to analyze objectively and recognize that, okay, no, we're not playing good basketball right now. Keontae Johnson may have, be, have, have started to hit a wall because of his conditioning and his health issue and having not played for two years. Well, then you're being overly critical of the team, and that's not fair to them. What in the world? Where where does this come from? What is it about? I get the negativity part. I can understand the negativity part only because of what I go through with my own mental health. Thank God I keep it isolated to myself, essentially. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's my negativity about my neg- about me, not about the teams that I follow. The pe- and no. 
uh, it's it's on me. <laughs> that negativity being put out into the world about a team that you supposedly love, school you love, teams that you back. Wow. I mean, that's just, that's some ugly stuff. But then the flip side of it is people who don't want to hear valid complaints or issues with where their team sits right now. It's, you can't win if you're a coach. No, no, you can't. You really can't. And obviously the best place to be is just to be in that kind of that neutral area to where, yes, you see there's an issue going on. They're not playing good basketball, like you said. And there's also like, I'm not saying this is going to be the end of the world. I'm, I'm really not. It's those individuals who are in those end of spectrum, especially the people who are like really, really negative. They're, they're watching like they're just watching to watch the game. They're watching like looking at the game and not looking within the game. You know what I mean? To find things that are situational or things of that nature. Things that probably a lot of people don't necessarily understand compared to people who understand it just a little bit more. That's why a lot of people are panicking a lot more than others and things of that nature. Because I get that there could be an issue with Keontae Johnson's conditioning at this point. The man hasn't played basketball in two years, and all of a sudden he came out real hot. It's great. He's like the top three leading scorer in the Big 12, and all of a sudden... Defenses are starting to learn how to play him just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and officials are watching a little tighter on certain they're plays. They're watching a lot tighter on certain plays. And then you go in with that conditioning. Player Defenses are being a lot more physical with him when he has the ball as well. And that just, you know, falls into it. And now just got to see how things adjust from this point on. Get it? This is, at this point, we just dropped the easiest portion of our schedule. I, that, that's I, I can say that because it's true. It is. It's not being negative. It's it's just that it's true. So now they see what needs to be done, what players need to step up in certain situations and things of that nature. I would argue that easiest part of the schedule may not be right given that Texas Tech also then turned around and beat Texas Very true. the next time out. Very true. But there's also that extra motivation of it being Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if Chris Beard isn't a part of that team coming into Lubbock, there's still that aspect of it being UT that they wanted to get jazzed up for. Yeah, and the, like when I say the easiest part of our schedule, yes, but like our easiest part of our schedule, our our conference is not like these other conferences. Right. It, it, it's 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 not like that. These two bottom two teams in Texas Tech and and OU, they would be top three in any other conference. I truly I truly believe that or at least top five in other ones, they, they'd be competitive and it, they'd be an obvious you know tournament team to go into. But you just you know what you have to do night in and night out between all of these teams because there's not going to be an easy win. We know that. And, heck, this team, this team figured that out very, very quickly if they haven't already, which they 100% should because they dropped to two teams that are at the bottom of the conference. D.Y. yesterday in our conversation pointed out a great item, and that is that all you have to do is look at what took place last year with Iowa State yeah, and how quickly they fell once they got into the conference schedule. First-year coach, heavily transfer-oriented roster, and yet still made the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. They won enough at home, still made the tournament. Yes, it stinks that we've seen K-State drop from being atop the standings and at number five in the nation to the point now we're, okay, yeah, we're number 12. We're still down a pretty good spot in the rankings, and it may fall down a little farther. 
But you know, do you want to be you, – you know, you, we're no different than what TCU is right now in terms of what they're fighting without their top scorer. They've fallen on hard times because of that. These are the things that happen through the course of a basketball season. And every you can you can point to just about every single team, if not every single team in the Big Twelve that has gone through a tough stretch like this. You had Baylor start off their conference schedule zero and three. You had uh, uh, Oklahoma State. They started off rough, but they're starting to hit their stride just a little bit. TCU, they're in their little rut right now as well. Iowa State, they're back and forth. Depends whether they're home or away. And Texas Tech, you see, they just had really two back-to-back good wins with us and and Texas. And then once again, OU as well. They might be hitting their stride. They might be the odd man out when it comes to tournament time, but they are still they're still have a chance to beat it as well. And then you look at West Virginia. Started off slow. They're starting to hit some strides as well. So every every single team in this conference, KU, they had a three-game losing streak as well. Mm-hmm. Okay? Every single one of these teams has hit these issues. And unfortunately, ours is literally right now. It. And again, and I and I have made this point a number of times, but it's February. This is the point of the season where your conference teams know who you are. They've scouted you very well. And, and your point about teams better defending against Keontae Johnson. That's better defense against Marquise Noel. Yeah. That's better. You know, you as a team have to make adjustments. You as a coaching staff have to make adjustments. And right now those adjustments just aren't taking with this team. Yeah, and also, but you need other players to, to step up because you have two guys who can create their own shot in Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. Defense is, is you know, doubling Keontae, being more physical with him on defense. And you have, obviously, people doubling Marquise Noel who create shots for other people. Other players that are on the floor, they haven't shown to consistently you know, create their own shots. And that's what's something that needs to be done because you you relied early on Keontae to go get his own bucket easily. he get his own bucket. Marquise Noel, when he wants to take a shot three steps behind the, the three-point line and drains it, he absolutely does it. That's creating his own shot. With, without, you know, Marquise Noel facilitating like he used to because of the defense is key on him so much, no one else has proved to consistently create their own shot. So we need Desi Sills. You know, he's shown that he can do it. He's going to have to do it a little bit more when he has the ball in his hands as well. And Cam Carter, he's going to start mm-hmm. to get much because he's been in a really a tough slump the past few games as well that not a lot of people are have been talking about. No, I noticed when he misses shots early, he'll start. He'll just go zero and six for the rest of the game. Here's here's the other thing, and I don't know that we've even really truly addressed it. When you look at the guys that did come into this program, and we questioned at the time, well, Cam Carter, great example. Uh, just how productive could he be mm-hmm. coming in from Mississippi State because he had been so limited in what he had done at Mississippi State. You look at the minutes played by the players that came into the program. They're playing more minutes now than they played at their previous stops. Yeah, They're being counted on to do more than they did at their previous stops. The fact that they're playing more minutes puts them in that same position even as Keontae Johnson and that is are they hitting a point where the their bodies are spent for the moment where rest is so dramatically needed and trying to get that in the middle of a conference season especially now where you're locked into two games a week the rest of the way that's difficult it is that's difficult plus you're trying to plan something of a practice time that you can get in the in the stretch in there and yet want to make sure that they get their rest. Oh, and by the way, get them to classes. 
it's it's just it's just at this point of the season. Yeah, it's the the balance is amazing, and right now I think as much as anything, this coaching staff is learning how to put that balance together with this team, and it changes game in game out, day in day out, it how does. that balance can work. It really does, and. In this, like, people are still forgetting, at least the ones who are really, really negative or super-duper skeptical about it. This is still a first-year head coach. Granted, I know Coach Dang has been on the been on the bench for 19 seasons at Baylor, and he's learned a lot. But this is his first year as head coach, as someone who's, like, the point man on how to handle this with his team because they need to find out how they balance practice and how they balance two games a week along with schoolwork and along with making sure that your best player is not getting being absolutely exhausted because he has not played in two seasons. Not a lot of teams have to deal with that certain extent, but also still trying to have the same amount of success in literally the toughest conference in America right now. I know people, you don't necessarily have time to have all this, but that's just the nature of reality and what they have to deal with before going into tournament time. That being said, cats are at home. The coaches put out the call for the students, especially. Video online just a little while ago from his account on Twitter, making sure that everybody knows that they need to be ready to go on Saturday when the Cyclones come in. Still a matchup of top 25 teams when they tip off on Saturday in a 1 o'clock contest. We've got more on the game. Jasmine Halliburton with me, Troy Coverdale, at News Radio KMAN. Troy Coverdale, Jasmine Halliburton on the game this afternoon. Mitch Fortner is on his way to Nagadoches. Hey, 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 Nagadoches. I've actually never been but, over there. Really? No, it's too far. Stephen F. Austin, the location this weekend for K-State Baseball as they open the season tomorrow night. That'll be a streaming-only broadcast tomorrow. We'll have high school basketball on News Radio KMAN tomorrow night as Washburn Rule visits Manhattan High. I'll be on the call of that. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, wrapping up the week in terms of the game this afternoon, and uh, ESPN Radio will cover for us tomorrow. On Monday, the continuation of the K-State Baseball Series wipes out Wildcat Insider. So no show again until Tuesday next week. And then i got to figure out what to talk about for a couple of hours ahead of a high school basketball game again. Oof. Oh wait, I think we'll probably do Ace Ben Radio again. I think now that I now that it comes up, but yeah, uh, got uh, the schedule. The, this yeah, welcome, welcome to crossover season redux. This is where it gets entertaining. Woosa, just woosa. <laughs> Deep breaths, hold it in, let it out. For folks who don't know, Jazz is doing a lot of work with K State HD TV and some ESPN Plus stuff. And so you'll see her work on Twitter. You'll see it on the social media services. You'll see it on on uh, ESPN Plus coverage of the Cats. You see all, all kinds of that stuff, plus plus her own Monday night show over somewhere else. I wear a lot of hats. You should... <laughs> I wear a lot of hats. But, and helping out us two days a week in morning sports. Yeah, you wear a lot of hats. You, 
you're crazy on your schedule right now. True, but actually it's not that bad this semester as it was last semester. Last semester, I barely had time to breathe, especially when finals came around. I was like, <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. But here, all it is mainly focused on like my thesis and then wearing all the hats. So it's not as as hectic. I have time to sleep. So it's, uh, but it's not bad. It's not bad. Travion's jealous cool. now that you have time to sleep. Bro, I'm telling you, last semester was a different type of just, ugh. It was just, ugh, okay? You don't want that. But I know where you're coming from. Right. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, let okay? Me, I'm <laughs> halfway through that tunnel, okay? It's just yeah. really, really far away. I, I was going to say, what, what's next year going to look like for you? Uh, hopefully not as crazy, because I'm like doubling up on classes a lot this year. Because okay. I had 18 credit hours this semester, so. Oh, no, that's Yeah, mm. yeah. It's going to be 21, but then one of my classes ended up not happening. So That's great. <laughs> That's great. I cannot imagine 21 credit hours in a semester. Uh-huh. See, no, 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 no. I'd have to fight everybody because they tried to bother me. I can't do it. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. The, the clincher is that this man works overnights. And uh, props to you, my guy. But ch- <laughs> chill out. Relax, okay? I try to when I can. Relax. Tight, tighten up, okay? Tighten up. <laughs> oh, to have the energy of these youngsters again. <laughs> what energy, man? What energy? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, trust me, for as, as hard as I've worked over the years, uh, you know, We anyway. just play it real cool, that's all. You know, and, and it's funny because... Then there are people that go, man, the schedule that, you know, they'll talk to Monica and go, man, the schedule your husband keeps doing split shifts like this. Oh, and throw in the ball games. Yeah, well. Pays <laughs> bills. Speaking of the schedules that people keep, the NCAA was in court yesterday and it didn't go well. And one of the multitude of issues that is pending regarding the NCAA and legal issues is one where they're essentially being sued over whether or not student-athletes should be declared employees of athletic departments. The case is known as Johnson v. NCAA, and they already lost at district court level, federal district court level. So the NCAA asked for the three-judge review at the appellate level. Not a full-on appeal just yet, but it will be. So they go in front of the three judges yesterday and essentially all but get laughed out of court. Mm. When the judges are essentially saying that they don't agree with the NCAA, period, end of story, and it's over, it's not going to go well because, oh, by the way, those three judges will still be on the appellate panel. Well, at least they tried. Give them a cake. So the the athletes that are involved have asked that they be classified as university employees under the Fair Labor Standards Act rather than the classification of amateur athletes. They claim they're entitled to minimum wage plus their scholarships. The lawyers for the plaintiffs are of the belief that even if this does force a change for the NCAA, the amateurism aspect of it won't necessarily change. It won't change much for the NCAA or that it would spell the end. The NCAA is trying to sell that 
the sky is falling, the sky is falling. That if you declare this, then everything falls apart. We are at a point where the NCAA is all but toothless. Probably. Then we we should have known this was going to happen. As soon as NIL really start, got up and yeah. kicking, we, we, the, knew, we saw this coming. This case even predates NIL, but it is a, a big issue. Now, the NCAA did have a win in court today on a concussion-related lawsuit brought by the widow of a player from Grand Valley State from years ago. Uh, where she was trying to get it declared that the NCAA owed money to the family because of the after effects of concussion, and the judge ruled against her. No word on appeal yet or not. But but that's another one of those issues that is hanging out there for the NCAA. At this point, with a new president coming into the NCAA, it is other than holding the varying tournaments— the gem of which, of course, is March Madness. Other than that, the organization finds itself in more trouble than really anything good happening. How sad is that? That, that, that that's where we are in terms of college athletics, that the entirety of the oversight has all but disintegrated. I mean, the NCAA has always been... Kind of like the butt end of a joke, for the for the most part, for for quite some time in a lot of areas and a lot of things and a lot of cases, a lot of this, a lot of that. So to see where they are right now, I'm just like it's not surprising how this is it, how this has been, and it's just it's, it looks like exactly how it was a couple of years ago and how they look at certain things and how they are looked at doing certain things. So when I see this and when I read this and when you told me about it, I'm like. This, okay, yeah, they were just sort of getting laughed out out of court. Is that so different from what they are always being yeah. laughed at? Like, they're just, uh, mm. What? Just, mm. It leaves me questioning what the future of governance for the NCAA is going to be. I mean, you, you guess you you still need them and they still need, you know, you know everybody else. It's, it's It has to be a relationship that, sure, it's not going to always work, but they each one needs the other. And therein is, is the problem, because you have the schools oversee the NCAA, but then the NCAA is supposed to be the one governing the schools when it comes to athletics. A cooperative organization doesn't work unless there's cooperation. You're right. And instead of cooperating in a lot of areas... We see schools instead fighting the NCAA. That's even before we get to the point of the student-athletes, past and present, that are fighting the NCAA. That's why you wind up with KU in court against the NCAA, (laughs) among others. It has turned into a complete free-for-all because the NCAA is controlled by the schools, but then isn't being allowed to impose its rules on the schools, at least in the areas where maybe they could have their most effectiveness. It's just it's just a slippery slope. 
it it really is like you, like you said you can't you know govern someone who doesn't like comply as much as because that's the only way that it works then it's just it's just an awkward situation for both parties necessarily but like I said each one's going to need the other because it's already mm-hmm. it's already a free for all we get that it's gotten a more of like that wild wild west mentality type of deal that everyone's kind of lost control over and people agree that there does need to be some control though. The funny part about that is that this case is a prime example of the NCAA realizing it doesn't have control over the schools, but it does have control over the student athletes Mm. and what schools are able to do with them. In court yesterday, and this was in Philadelphia, the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, Judge Theodore McKee stated he didn't understand how athletes couldn't be considered employees. Judge Luis Felipe Restrepo added, how are they not employees of the universities? And proceeded to refer to athletic departments as regimes. I mean, it makes sense. The athlete's lawyer said the money an athlete makes or expects doesn't necessarily define employment status. Instead, the argument that the plaintiffs are making is that the control that the NCAA exerts on athletes is what should be seen as employment. How many hours they take, optional practices, classes that they take, noting all of those things and how those are well controlled by the schools. That's... NCAA had its lunch taken away once again. Add that to the list. I don't know where they go at this point. Their goal at this point with their new president coming in, former governor, he's going to live in D.C. They want him closer to Congress. They want Congress to start overruling the courts and exert pre- and exert control on what the NCAA can and cannot do or what monies go where. And well, that's not going to be messy. No, not at all. Not Mm-mm. at all. I don't see it. Goodness gracious. There. I'm going to just sit back and relax and watch. Just watch it all unfold while I continue watching my little sports and let them handle that. And Congress right. and I think their main – what main building was what Chicago or in Illinois somewhere? Indianapolis or Indianapolis. I'm gonna let the, I'm gonna let them handle all that. Used to be Kansas. It actually was Overland Park. Oh really? Yeah. When did they move that? Uh, that was back in the nineties. Oh, okay. I would have known that anyway. Cool, 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 cool. See, see there. Yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> know that. I would because I've driven by the place how many times, uh, including having been part of events there back way back in the day. But that's another discussion topic for another time. Well, they but, downgraded locations then. Yes, they did. Yes, see, they did. See, but, that must have been where it all started. Yeah, they got a sweetheart deal and, well, Where it all you know, started. Speaking of sweetheart deals, Pac-12 can't seem to find anything. Skadoochoomp. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Back with more on the game in a moment.
I am putting, by the way, the number two song of the day in good hands today. We had a good conversation yesterday about Mike Jack and Paul McCartney. Or Paul Macca, as some call him. <laughs> Paul Macca. Put oh it on my a shirt. God. <laughs> Maybe maybe I shouldn't be trusting that Travion to that. If- <laughs> Come on now. So he'll get us the number two song of the day and surprise us coming up in the uh, second hour. For those who don't know the gag, uh, because number one, Mitch is gone. Number two song falls on me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the idea from there. Um, so we will dig into that. Uh, coming up in the next hour. Also, in the next hour, well, we'll figure out things to talk about. I mean, we're kind of free-forming it this afternoon. Why not? Partially because I like just picking Jasmine's brain, because it's always fun to get that different perspective than what mine is. Mm-hmm. My and, brain is strange, though. Uh, well, and and we've Fair joked warning. about we've joked about this on the, well, hey, hey <laughs> yours is strange. We've joked about this some on on K Man's Morning News, and that is that we've got the uh, nice generational split. Between me, Brandon, and Jasmine in terms of ages, which means that I'm the old white guy. And that, you know, I'm not ready to fully be in the old aspect of it. I am the white guy. I am what I am. (laughs) (laughs) Old is attached to it, I guess. Yes, seasoned. Seasoned. (laughs) Yeah, okay. You are seasoned. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The beard shows it, too. Experienced (laughs) and knowledgeable. Exactly. That's how you put it. No such thing as old. Uh, experienced and knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. But but it does tell where attitudes and, and thoughts can be a little different. And I, I enjoy the give and take of having someone else and get their view of, of where we are in terms of athletics. Because, honestly, I've got my own view. I bloviated pretty hard the other day on... Uh, on where the uh, history in terms of college football and television deals and all of that uh, kind of began to make the big-time move to where we are now. And yet we find ourselves in a place where, through all of that, the Pac-12 can't get a deal. So How embarrassing. Just... They've, the jokes you're just writing themselves at this point. Really, like, I've never seen someone fall off as bad as the Pac-12 at this moment. Dennis Dodd noting yesterday that there was some belief that it may be as low as $5 million a year for the schools. Oh. Because that's how bad. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers are woeful at this point in terms of what the Pac-12 may get. Yet, speaking of attitudes, going back to our opening segment, there's an entire swath of social media types, but also, let's be honest, the schools themselves in their administrations, the egotism that is involved in clinging to what they have in the Pac-12 and essentially not liking some of the things that Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, has said about the conference— I mean, Brett, your mark, he said there was no beef between him and the Pac-12 commissioner. He said, like, that's all that's all everybody else who's creating beef. I, I don't know if that's fully true or not, but, I mean, all I just recall is that this man was low-key trying to poach some Pac-12 schools there as are, soon as he stepped in the building. There are some administrators who aren't happy with him, though. Mm. And that's where you wonder what 
schools may look to. Mark Harlan, the athletic director at Utah, has, I know, been a little defensive Hmm. on social media in answering some of the things that have been said. Fascinating. And, you know, I know Mark from way back uh, because when he was on staff at Northern Colorado before moving on to Arizona and then kind of hip-hopping until he finally got uh, his opportunity uh, at South Florida for a time and then took the Utah job. I like Mark. Good guy. I, I think, though, that he's clouded in his thinking right now in terms of this because, again, there, there's there's this viewpoint that the Pac-12 is still on the same footing as everybody. And, I mean, we admit, at least in the Big 12 at this point, we're not on the same footing of what the Big 10 is or the SEC going forward. That's correct. We recognize what the finances are. The Pac-12 isn't on the same footing as any of them at this point. And that's the remnants of the Larry Scott era as the commissioner, because he completely misspent monies, completely prioritized the wrong things, putting that spacious studio in downtown San Francisco in some of the most expensive real estate in the world. Yeah. Oh, well, and then having to pay San Francisco salaries oh, man. for the production folks. But Larry got his uh, got his penthouse every year for the uh, conference tournaments in Las Vegas. That's all that mattered to him. Hey, big money. <sighs> big money. Big money for him. Mm-hmm. And the Pac-12 is now left to deal with the mess. Completely fell out of relevance over a 15-year period. Like I said, I've never seen someone so catastrophically down bad as the Pac-12 right now. Yeah. Catastrophically fell off as bad as them. Unbelievable. Haven't seen it. And yet they think that they're still good. (sighs) I, I... the, the, the level of delusion is unreal. Fighting on their backs right now. Back after a check of the news. Game hour two on the way.